0: We're live. Are we live? Yep, we're live. Just check. There we go. Hello everybody. Welcome to the live stream. Hope you're well. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what do you think of my funky t-shirt? It says Gilga Gagla. Right says Irish on it. And, oh, which just reminds me, I need to, oh, don't tell me I didn't save that article. I did, I did, I did. Mm. Yeah. I saved that many articles, um, I'm, I'm going to have to go, back quite a bit on my little thing that I saved my articles on. Let me see. no, 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 can't find it. So, anyway, lesson to worry about. We'll push on. Just turn that off. There we go. Better. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the live stream. How are you? Hope you're well. I am enjoying our little uh, little blast of nice weather that we're having at the minute, and it is nice. Uh I'm getting out. What have I done since the last book day last week? Yeah, let me think. What did I do last? Yeah, so I had a a brand new football career, didn't I? Hmm. Well, that came to an end last night. <laughs> it lasted. It lasted a week, which is good. There's a reason people retire from football, and yeah. Uh, there's a reason people retire from football. It's because it's very hard in the bones. It's very hard in the body. It's all that jerking and stopping and, you know, short movements, fast, hard, you know, uh, explosive movements. Bum, 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 bum. And uh, you get that certain, certain age as I am, and you stop. And it's not for a want of fitness. I mean, i am ai am i am a, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a, don't, don't mind me saying, I'm i I'm a fit guy. I, I cycle a lot, I, you know, I can cycle around Nay in three and a half hours by myself Which is quite fast I run, I still run uh, I swim, I do weights, I do kettlebells and things like that So I am a fit person But football and those sorts of sports, those field sports especially football i think specifically football require a certain i think because the ball is on the ground and you're sort of focused in that direction uh, low low to the ground and you're if you're kicking the ball you know if you're say you're hurling not that hurling doesn't have its own challenges it does of course if you're hurling you know, you're throwing the ball, but, you know, people are hitting you and banging into you and all sorts of things and hurling that You're not getting football, so it's just as difficult in, it, in its own way. But specifically for me, specifically for me I'm talking about, if you're, you know, it's sort of focused around the mid-area of the body, I would guess, I would say, and you're swinging from here and maybe, but with football, it's on the ground. You're swinging from, you know, your, your, your points of contact with the ball or, low and that creates, what's the word I'm looking for, Physi- phys- physically, uniquely physical problems, so I ended up, anyway, I'm waffling, I'm trying, try- <laughs> I know what I'm trying to do here, I'm trying to make an excuse as to why I can't play fucking football anymore, and I can't, it's just that I'm old as fuck, so I've got, I've got a bad knee, I've got a, my right knee is very bad, but I can still run, I go for, I run, I, I jog, David Lennon. Yes, certain vintage. That's right, mate. Injured. Yeah, so Davey Lennon is is talking to me on the YouTube live here. So if you're if you're listening or watching this, head over to the YouTube. Drop us a wee message. Say hi. Yes, Davy. I got I've so last week, um I went and played football with Oxford and I signed up to play in a league the over thirty-fives, which of which I am well over. But Uh, it was something really for me I wanted to hang out with my mate Richie and I was able to, my brother was involved too, so I was able to sort of for me personally, I was able to play football which I enjoy very much, what I used to and um, I was able to hang out with my brother and I was also able to hang out with my bro from an LMO, Richie McGee so that was kind of where I was coming from with that, and I went there in last week, and oh, did all my stretches, all my warm ups, and all the rest of it. My god, I could not barely walk for the rest of the week. I am not joking. I couldn't run, couldn't go for a jog, I couldn't do any weights, couldn't do any kettlebells because it's quite high high intensity on your knees and stuff, you know, swinging those big fucking heavy bastards. And so, I kind of missed out the whole week of training. And I, and I, I, I like exercise. It helps me mentally, it helps me you know that's no that's not news to anyone that exercise helps you with your your mental travails and it does with me and uh, but I also I, I, I like sport I like exercise so uh, and I was unable unable to do it I was, I was able to go for swims in the lock and I was able to go out in the bike still but I couldn't go for a run or I couldn't I couldn't do any weights and you know and that was one thing so then, last night we were to go down. So we went down last night, and I went and got myself a strap for my knee because of a bad knee. Uh, I have my knee separated from my leg, separated from itself years ago, like to, like over 20, 25 years ago, and I've been nursing that ever since. It's all, I've always had a bit of a problem with it, so it sort of separated. We'll I was playing another sport and it separated and popped back dislocated and popped back in, and I've got fluid on that, and I manage it, I nurse it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I managed to manage it and that's, that's all right. But I hadn't been playing football and I played football. and I went down last night and I did my warm ups and I never even got. I I, I just said, I listen, I'll, I'll stay in nets for a while. I thought I'll stay in goals for a bit and I'll loosen up. Never got to play. I walked off the pitch. I just could, I could barely walk. And then even the drive home, pressing the brake on the car was. I thought I was going to puke, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I thought I was gonna th- throw up. So my my football career is over. Sadly, I'm never gonna sign for Liverpool. Uh I know Davey Lennon will be devastated. He had um <laughs> he had uh, high hopes that I was gonna end up a, a midfield uh wizard at Anfield, as I did myself, and sadly no, it's not to be So Where are we? So that's that, what else did I do? Oh, today I must tell you So my friend Una McGee Who's my uh, Also my, um, my My Irish teacher He is a, he's a guitar player as well And last year A fella from this parish Set up a guitar company called McNally guitars and he builds acoustic guitars high-end guitars these three th- like starting base baseline three grand right these things are a work of art Union is reaching a milestone birthday this year and there's a, there was a couple of pound available and he decided very wisely in my opinion to spring for a uh McNally guitar. I wonder did he send me the picture? Oh, he did. There we go. Oh, fantastic. So I'll, I'll do that. So there's, so there's me. Okay, I'll show you it on my phone because I never I just got it there. So I brought Ciaran. Is the guy? That's him with the glasses, obviously. And that's me. Uh Brought him out a couple of records as a as a wee gift and whatever. I was hoping he would offer me a guitar for. One of my records, but he didn't fall for it, very wisely as well. But Unin has bought one, and it is a beauty. So he was telling. He phoned me up the other day to tell me. He says, I bought." I said, "What have you bought?" He said, "Pauline McNally's." Oh, for fuck's sake! And uh, Kieran is 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 one of Unin's students as well. And he says, "I'm going back out to his. Have you been out to his workshop?" I says, "No, no, I don't even. I, I don't even know the fella." Follow him on Instagram and all that. And, you know, I'm a big, huge supporter. And uh, he says, Well, listen, I'm going out. Do you want to come out? I said, Yes. He says, I'm going out and give you a ring. So he rings me today at half three. He says, I'm going to head out here. Do you fancy? Let's go. Oh, my God. Treat of a lifetime. Unbelievable. Well, out of my price range. But I've determined that I'm going to buy one. I'm going to buy it not not just immediately, but in the near ish future. And so check them out. Uh, McNally Guitars. I'm going to show you the little. So he gave me a t shirt, which was very nice of him, and Union as well. But <laughs> Union has spent £3,000 on a guitar. so, And they didn't. So I got a t shirt. There it is, there you can see the logo. They're absolutely, these things are fucking breathtaking. World-class. And I I love it because what we have is this world-class luthier making world- These things ship all over, like Nashville, uh, Tokyo. He, he, he makes four a month is all he can make. He makes everything himself, more or less, except for the machine heads, and whatever. A couple of little... Yeah, except for the machine heads. And the bridge pins, because we went through it. But he makes everything else himself. Uh, which isn't that common. Some guitar some guitar makers will get certain bits made outside out of house. Not that they're not not that, that diminishes the instrument in any way at all. But Kieran uh, doesn't. He he makes everything himself and my god, beyond beautiful. Showing us all the different types of woods and his little store of woods and where he African this and California and that and oh my God it was a treat treat best thing I've done this year easily and um uh, just I would I, I'm I was, I'm I'm at this, as as well as being jealous of Union's guitar and his, his purchase I'm also delighted for him as t- you can understand that right. Um, what an instrument! What a beautiful sunburst. It's acoustic, sunburst, high gloss finish. Uh, not jumbo sized, sort of just a little smaller than jumbo. Nice neck on it, nice thicker neck. Not a thick, thick neck, but a, there's a there's a bit more. It's not a skinny neck, which I don't like. That cramps up my hand whenever I do that. Play one of those, and just an absolute work of art. Literally an absolute work of art. Um, and I couldn't I couldn't be happier for Union, and he's very very excited uh he's he, he is very he is very excited to be um he's going to pick it up in a couple of weeks and he's offered he's he, he's offered um that i can borrow it anytime i want if i'm going to record anything and i am going to rec- i'm going i think i may borrow it often because of a couple of songs a couple of wee projects that i'm sort of working on uh, a guitar of that uh, quality that has that tonal quality because these things ring like a fucking bell you wouldn't believe it these things are stunning Ugh. check them out McNally Guitars you'll get them on Instagram pretty sure he has a website too but you'll get them on Instagram I'll put a link onto the video here at the end uh, just to uh so, if, if, if you want to just sort of look for that, you can. Um, so there's that, so that's what I've done. What else? I was in Newcastle yesterday. Went for a New, brought the, the children up to Newcastle, went for a paddle in the beach. Oh, it was fucking tropical. Everybody says, I was like, Benidorm, why would you go anywhere else? It really was. It was, well it wasn't Benidorm, it was probably 35 degrees. Uh, stunning, absolutely stunning. Just b- beyond breathtaking. We just spent all the day on the beach and then got Gotta be poke. And, yeah, and then that was that. Went home. It was brilliant. But had a lovely breakfast here this morning. Mickey Bartlett came around and we a wee barbecue, a big brick barbecue here in the garden. And we do breakfasts on it every now and again. And, and uh, so with one of those this morning, it was lovely too. But anyway, so that's what I've been up to. I don't think I've missed too much. Let's face it, I haven't been doing an awful lot. So we're going to talk. About politics, of course. Oh, first, before we get into politics, no, I'll tell you what, I'll leave this to the end. Actually, I'll leave us at, we'll go to, we'll, go, we'll hit the politics first, then we'll whoosh, culture to the finish line. <clears throat> oh, by the way, my t shirt, just in case, I know you're all mad curious. My, my t shirt says, Gilliga Gakla, which means Irish every day a wee website called Bite Size Irish and they're on, U- they're on YouTube, they have a YouTube channel and they have a website, they sell a few t-shirts to fund themselves and you go on there and you get your wee Irish lessons and they're brilliant and the whole point what that means is Irish every day, a wee bit every day that's all it takes and that's the theory, that's the that's the uh, well that's, what, what. what is that that's the That's how you make it work. That's how you make it stick. Isn't it? A wee bit every day. So, if you want to check that out, you should. Let me just pull that over there. There we go. That's better. Then I can check the live stream to make sure we'll have a connection and I'm not talking into the fucking ether. So, we're going to talk politics in one two, three. So what happened? What I've been saying this past few weeks, it's never dull. And I had a load of stuff all teed up to do for today's podcast, I have my little app here, and I save everything to it. And then I come in here in the day. What I do is, I come in here in the day of the podcast, and I go through all the stories and all the things that have been going on. And I go, okay, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk. I want to, to focus on this. Or I'm going to focus on that. And half the fucking time that I come out here, in fact, more, I end up talking about a story that happened that day because it's so huge. Like last week it was the Edmund Pooch thing, the week before, or Jeffrey Dallinson, the week before that was Edmund Pooch, the week before that, God, I don't know what it was. Well, this week, the Northern Ireland Protocol. The gift that keeps on sucking balls, right? And this is, what, well, oh, start virtual camera, I don't even know what that means. So, sorry, I clicked something on my software there that I'm pretty sure shouldn't have done that. Um. So, brief explanation, not that you need it. Northern Ireland Protocol is the solution to Brexit for Northern Ireland. Why does Northern Ireland need a solution to Brexit? Because we have a, we're uniquely within, as far as Great Britain and the United Kingdom is concerned, we're the only, the only of the four territories, the four countries, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. We're the only one with a border with the EU, the Republic of Ireland. So therefore... You need to have certain protocols, the Northern Ireland protocol, certain protocols put in place to protect the border. You're not protecting the border, you're protecting access to the market. Let's not kid ourselves here, people. There's a lot of talk about, you know, we care about peace. But the real, and, 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 I, and, and I know Ursula von der Leyen and Michelle Barnier and all these European politicians they talk a lot about peace and the good Friday agreement and all the rest of it and i'm sure they do i'm not going to second guess them i'm not going to call them liars but first and foremost they care about the european union the market of the european union the internal market that's what they're protecting that's it and that's their priority and why shouldn't it be we're not in the EU. well Northern now is different of course we'll talk about that but uh we're not in the European Union, in, in 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 Well, the UK isn't. So, the priority for the European Union is to protect itself, to protect its own internal market. They would be remiss if they didn't. Would that is that not fair to say? That is fair to say, right? If they, they if if they didn't protect their own internal market, they would be. It would be a dereliction in duty. Right? Oh, I just realized I didn't. I'll just snip this. Give me one sec. Give me one second here. So, in order to protect the Northern, the, 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 the internal European market and also the British market, right? Because that border can be a problem. We all come up with together. Northern Ireland Protocol, the NAP. right? So, sorry, I'm doing two things at once here, and I realise that I'm, I sound like I'm stalling, that's fucking because I am, let me get this up. Give me one second, nearly there, three, two, one, there we go, boom, done. So, there we go, there's a headline from today, from the BBC website. Brexit, Northern Ireland Protocol is lawful, high court rules. Now what happened, uh, Ben Habib, who's an ex-MEP, and in a desperate attempt to remain relevant, which is what this is, this man cares nothing for Northern Ireland. He cares little about England, so he cares less about Northern Ireland. Kate Hoy and Jim Alistair, they crowdfunded uh, a, a legal case to bring to the High Court to get Brexit, the Northern Ireland Protocol really illegal and I got three out today. That was today. So I'll read this for you. Now, this article came... It was an hour ago? No, it was more than an hour ago. But anyway, so here we go. The Northern Ireland Protocol is lawful. A High Court judge in Belfast has ruled. A group of unionist politicians, including Arlene Foster and Lord Trimble, had challenged the protocol in judicial review proceedings. They claimed it was unlawful because it conflicts with the 1998 Good Friday Agreement and the Acts of Union. The Acts of Union. The Acts of Union. The Act of Union goes back to 1800. And the other Acts of Union, the second, is 1921, the centenary. So one of them is 221 years old and one of them is 100 years old. The world is a very, very different place. Despite what the, the fucking DUP would want us to do. Want us to think and behave and act. We know they, how they want us to get on. So, but Mr Justice Colton rejected their challenge on all grounds on on all grounds on Wednesday afternoon. I was today. Mr Colton found that the Withdrawal Agreement Act, which includes the protocol, does not conflict with 1800 acts of union in respect of free trade between Britain and Northern Ireland. He added. However, he added that the relevant parts of the Acts of Union impliedly repealed are imp- sorry the relevant act parts of the Acts of Union are impliedly repealed by the withdrawal agreement. That means that the more recent legislation automatically overrides the older laws. And where does the recent legislation that overrides the older laws, where does it come from? Parliament. Signed by the Prime Minister, voted for in Parliament, signed by the Queen, passed through the House of Lords. This is where it's all come from. Right? We keep hearing from Unionism about the sovereignty of Parliament. That's what the whole thing about Brexit was. Was it not? Wasn't that all a part of it? The sovereignty of Parliament to override the European, the Parliament of the European Union. We don't like being told what to do. Our laws are being made. Name one that can't. We want to make our own laws. Well, here you go. The law was made. Now follow it. So that means the more recent legislation automatically overrides the older laws. He said the acts of union could not be used to override. The clear, specific will of Parliament. Norm- normally, a constitutional law like the Acts of Union can only be expressly repealed, but they can also be impliedly. They can also be impliedly by another constitutional law. I'll read that again. Normally, a constitutional law like the Acts of Union can only be expressly repealed. But they can be impliedly by another constitutional law. That's a point of law that is over my head. I'm sure I have no idea. I, 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 I can sort of get my head around what he's saying, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to comment further on it because I, I, I am out of my depth. The judge said the Withdrawal Agreement Act means a definition. The Withdrawal Agreement Act meets the definition of a constitutional law. Okay. Should have said that first. So I'll read it in, in in order. The judge said the Withdrawal Agreement Act meets the definition of a constitutional law. Normally, a constitutional law like the Acts of Union can only be expressly repealed, but they can also be impliedly by another constitutional law, which means that it overrides the the, the recent legislation overrides. Okay. I think I've got my head around that. Furthermore, he found that the Secretary of State did have the power to change Stormont's usual cross-community voting mechanism. Uh Uh-huh, he does. Normally, Stormont must approve controversial issues by a cross-community vote, but the protocol will be subject to a straight majority vote, which means it will pass. And it also means... Uh, like the good, the the Irish Language Act, the recent um, Irish language legislation, the past three that was the Secretary of State that that bypassed Stormont. The judge said the Secretary of State had the power to do this on two grounds: that it was necessary to reflect the will of Parliament in implementing the Withdrawal Agreement Act, and that it concerns international relations, which is not a devolved matter. Further areas of challenging concern concerning EU law were also rejected. The judge was also critical of an analogy used by the applicant's barrister. Note the barrister was not Jimmy Bryson, although this does sound Jimmy Brysony. So, the judge was also critical of an analogy used by the applicant's barrister when he <laughs> <laughs> when he compared the operation <laughs> When he compared the operation of the protocol to the Vichy re- regime, Vichy was the collaborationist. You know what Vichy was. You're smart people. You're not... You, idiots don't listen to this podcast. Vichy was the collaborationist French administration during the Nazi occupation. Ah! <laughs> I- The judge. (laughs) The judge said such a comparison was unhelpful. (laughs) Ah, fuck me. British. (laughs) Straight to the Nazis. (laughs) That's so fucking hilarious the judge was also, I'll read it again So I'll try and read it without fucking laughing <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this the judge was also critical of an, of an analogy used by the applicant's barrister when he compared the operation of the protocol to the Vichy regime, Vichy was the collaborationist French administration during Nazi occupation the judge said such comparison was unhelpful I'd love to have been in the room. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And of course... <laughs> oh, there's a video there. I oh, didn't download it. I should have downloaded that. These three gum beans outside the High Court in Belfast. So, an adjourning case taken by Pastor Clifford Peebles. Who, by the way, is an ex terrorist. Not that, you know. But uh, was also dismissed by the judge. Others pursuing the lead judicial review case included former Ulster Unionist leader Steve Aiken, TUV leader Jim Allister, former Brexit Party MEP Pena Beeb, and Baroness Kate Hoey. What a fucking arsehole she is. I wonder, could I download that video? Let me just see. Just check. Sorry, give me one sec. I didn't. I didn't even know that that was. Uh, that that was uh, on on the article. Two sec. Two, two secs, peeps. Two secs, Stay with me. Stay with me. Where do I get the link? Nope, doesn't work. No, okay. I can't Ugh, cast the fuck off. Anyway, should sure not to worry. <coughs> Wednesday's judgment is likely to be appealed and the case could ultimately be heard by the Supreme Court before the end of 21. Mm-hmm. I bet they'd be looking to get this through the court as quickly as possible. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the government would study in detail the High Court ruling. Blah, blah, blah. Ian Paisley asked the government would reverse the mistake. No, not happening. Nothing will affect the position of North. Uh, Alliance MP Stephen Farry. I tried to read uh, a tweet a tweet where Stephen Farry was talking to a dude called NA Centenary 2021, and I couldn't read the I couldn't read the replies from because I was he blocked me. I didn't know people had blocked me. I was the first person that I've ever noticed is blocked. So Stephen Farry says <clears throat> also urged the Prime Minister to accept the ruling as a watershed where we can stop talking about the protocol and constitutional identity terms, identity terms. So, uh, I would love, I would love to get that video just to be able to. I can't forget, I don't do not know where it is. Um, ben Habib said, "The only positive you may put on it is that we do now officially know that the union of the United Kingdom has been trampled on by the protocol." All right, Mr. Habib says the prime minister now has to face up to the reality that his own judicial system, like he invented it, has said that the union of the United Kingdom has been broken. <clears throat> no, it hasn't. It's changed, but broken? No, sadly, no. Former Labour MP Kate Hoey, she is a fucking arsehole said it must be absolutely clear that this is only the beginning of the legal challenge and also the people's protests against what. it's alright for her and your man calling for people's fucking protests they don't fucking live here bastards TUV Jim Allister said wah, 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 or something that sounds like that I'm not even going to read, but he's... Uh, Declan Kearney says there is no credit of... of Sinn Féin says there's no of alternative to the protocol. It's ironic that the Tory DUP cheerleaders of Brexit are now so opposed to the protocol that was made necessary by their reckless pursuit of a hard Brexit. And that, in a nutshell, is that. That's the end of it. That's... 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 That's it. So... um, These people are complaining about... and And, and this is... It's why it kind of pisses you off a wee bit because uh, for years we've all we I mean you, I, I guess you know people that are that are were against Brexit. We warned. We, we we didn't know exactly what was going on. We didn't know we could we couldn't foresee the protocol, but. We warned that these things were possible, and what and what happened? What, what did we get called? Ramoners? Oh, can you hear that? Let me see, can you hear that? I played that thing there, I wonder, can you hear it? If you can hear it, that would do. No. I don't want to listen to him anyway. So. I just played that video from the, <coughs> the BBC thing, and it was Ben Habib going... Meow, meow, meow. So, a couple of points, right? So, the Acts of Union, the Acts of Union, I think I mentioned this last week, was the Act of Union from 1800. Right? Now, the Act of Union was... Uh, in eight, the 1800 Act of Union between Great Britain and Ireland. Was made necessary because of all the revolt and the revolutionary f- fever that was going on across the world. The American Revolution had happened. The French Revolution had happened. Ireland was in a permanent state of uh, revolt. Uh, so there was home rule and peace, demand home rule, and in order to for the the, the, the for Britain. To sort of get a closer rein on those guys, get them to London, they offered them voting rights in Parliament, Westminster. They passed it through Parliament. When it went to the King, the King said no because Catholics and whatever were going to, Irish people, were going to get uh, voting rights. So the Act of Union was actually built on a lie, the original Act of Union. So then we go forward to 1921. Which is the the, when they say Acts of Union in that last article, the the second Act of Union was the union of uh, was a partition of Ireland and the formation of the Northern Ireland as as a state. Um, nineteen twenty one was not. It was the, the partition of Ireland is nothing to be celebrated. It wasn't democratic. The people didn't have a choice. It was a Protestant state for a Protestant people. And for decades afterwards, the what you call indigenous native Irish population were treated like absolute shit. Ultimately leading to another 30 fucking years of the Troubles. And all these things were brought about in order to do what? well, well uh, the 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 second one was in order to keep the Tory party in power which is exactly what's going on today and again I'm always always got it on hand William Carson what a fool was I I was only a puppet and so was Ulster and so was Ireland in the political game that was to get the Conservative Party into power Edward Carson 1921 literally and this is what we're supposed to celebrate that act of, that that particular act of Union was you know wasn't wasn't good. Right? So here's a here's an article from or a post from Reddit, which is a wee message board that I frequent. Follow politically stuff on there. I don't do Facebook anymore. Can't fucking stand the place. And so I forgot to load this as well. It was late coming out here by the because of the because of the McNally guitar things. I make no apology. Um I'll throw it up here. Uh so from Reddit. And it's just in response to that article. And I do like I do like reading these because you do get some insights from people's comments. It's like Twitter. It's the same sort of thing. You get, you get a, you, you do get a, hear what other people are saying. Sometimes people are able to articulate what you're thinking, but you maybe you don't have the, the tools, in your, whatever. Your what's a face to, to, say it? So the Northern Ireland Protocol conflicts with the 1800 Act of Union, but as a part of the Act of Union was impliedly repealed by Parliament's consent to the Protocol, the High Court has ruled. Unionist leaders have lost that legal argument, but it's politically significant. Now, the impliedly bit, so this is what I'm getting from this, the impliedly bit, the Act of Union was impliedly repealed by, by Parliament's consent to the protocol. So the British Parliament consented to the protocol, so they've made a new law. And that overrides the 1800 Act of Union and certainly the partition of Ireland in 1921 right it's very different fucking world it would be very difficult to argue because king george said something in 1800 we can't do something today right so a couple of comments underneath implied repeal so basically parliament which has always been sovereign can't be held unlawful for bringing a new act of parliament which overrides a previous act therefore making the Older Act obsolete because it was an Act of Parliament. The Older Act was an Act of Parliament. This Parliament made another fucking Act. It's an Act of Parliament. That's the parliamentary process and how every Act introduced works, if it's not entirely new. That was their basis for this. Were they asleep during the legal processes, during and after Johnson's attempt to at prorogue Parliament? Remember that? We all knew that Northern Ireland Northern Protocol was legal. Hell, I'm even sure Jim Allister knew it was legal. But they still went ahead with this. Should have spoken to a constitutional lawyer and the Office of Parliamentary Council first. Good grief. Epic own goal. Painted it. Self-painted into a corner. And that's it. Massive own goal. This is a waste of fucking time. Parliament has said. And we all know. The Tories have a massive majority. They want their Brexit. They are getting their fucking Brexit. It's... They're not going back for the for Northern Ireland. We don't want Northern Ireland. So there we go. That's 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 sort of that, really, isn't it? You know, I don't really. There's not too much more I can say. Um. Yeah. So on that, I'm just going to pass on. There was another. There, the, again, I had prepared something else, and it was to do with Sam McBride from the newsletter uh, making out that there was food shortages and that we were our food prices were going through the roof because he went down to his local fucking petrol station in the He had gone up in price or something like that and I prepared a bit for that but then this <laughs> that's what I was going to talk about but then this happened today so I had to change because <coughs> this is obviously the big news story so that there's that we shall move on we shan't move far though we're going to stay. We're going to stay with um, Stormont. Stormont base. Because it's a fucking gift that keeps on giving. Again, I'm just going to hit this real quick because this is fucking hilarious. Right? So, do you remember. Remember last week? Uh, do you remember last week whenever. Again, these four fucking Gambines uh, jimmy Bryson Kit Howie, Ben Habib And Jim Alistair Tried to rabble-rouse A rabble and the rousing In Newton Ards, Off the back of a, a, a In the back of a flatbed truck And they tried to Sit in there with their A load of fucking idiots mm, Yes Protocol Spell it Yaunt so, then Jim Allister, who is a member of the, the, the Storm Assembly, of course, then goes and addresses the MLA's in the Assembly. And I, this made me laugh. So Sinn Féin MLA, John O'Dowd, who is from here, from Lurgan. He just lives not far from here, actually, from where I am now. He lives in Cowilge. Well, he's from Cowilge, across the way. I don't know where he lives at the minute. But Sinn Féin MLA tells Jim Allister, "It's all in the headline." now, so I'm going to read a bit of the article, but there's not much point because the, the headline nails it. Sinn Féin MLA tells Jim Allister to learn the difference between speaking off the back of a trailer to loyalists and addressing MLAs in the assembly. Jim Allister is ver- very, um, very, baristy, very barristery, le- barristery, very lack barracking, is that a word? Barracking? When he's talking, he is everything as a lecture when he's in the Assembly. So Sinn Féin MLA John O'Dowd has accused the TUV leader and MLA Jim Allister of employing an unacceptable tone when talking to female MLAs in the Assembly chamber. In Stormont. Mr. Allister made the comment during the executive question time in the Assembly when Deputy First Minister Michelle O'Neill was answering a question about the New Decade New Approach. Why among all the New Decade Old Approach commitments was Irish language legislation thought to be more important than the multiple issues that affect our constituents to the point where the Deputy First Minister was prepared to ensure there was no progress in any of those unless she got away with her poisonous agenda, Mr Alistair said on Monday. Sinn Féin MLA, John O'Dowd... (coughs) Left And TUV leader MLA Jim Allister uh, raised the issue as a point of order in the Assembly on Tuesday morning. I would ask that the Speaker's office not only look into the comments of Mr. M- Mr. Alistair, but the manner and tone in which he delivered, which I found to be unacceptable. I find Mr. Alistair's approach to the members of this house at times quite aggressive. I particularly find it the manner in which he is addressing women in this house, which I find particularly shocking. I think Mr. Alistair needs to learn the difference between speaking off the back of a trailer to loyalists and speaking to the people who represent his, follow, his fellow citizens on this island when addressing the people in his chamber. Mr. Alistair was brief but straight to the point with his response. Now Mr. Alistair is a retired barrister so he's very quick-witted. Like, there's no two ways about it but he is a, a dick. Could I make it very, very clear? I have no apology for speaking the truth. And I do welcome the fact that the truth still seems to hurt. That isn't really addressing much, but that's what was said. So there we go. Um, with regards to the, the point Alistair was making, Jim Alistair was making, he was why is the Irish Language Act being, it seems to, to, to take priority. Because the Irish Language Act is important to us Irish people. And a lot of people that don't consider themselves to be Irish too, by the way. Because it's been used. And now, if you remember, at the start of this podcast, I had, I had, um, I was looking for an article. And I couldn't find it. And it was about this, fuck's sake. And it was, the, the article was called, Who Weaponized, or Who Politicized the Irish Language? And it goes right back to the 1920s. And all the things that was done politically to force people to stop speaking Irish, force them to, so they defunded and they, they, they like if you go to if you if you go to the schools weren't allowed to teach it or if you spoke it you weren't taught it and they weren't funded if they could spoke to. and uh, there's all sorts of things and it was all led by the Orange Order and again this is not. This isn't, there's nothing new about this. This is about the domination of one culture over another. That's what this is. It's about trying to repress a culture, make people forget their culture. That's why the Gaelic League was started. That's why the GAA was started. Because we could see back then, the people back then could see that our culture was being uh, actively stamped out by a the greatest empire in the world has ever seen. So in order to remember these things, and we did, lo- we lost so much, all our, the books that were burnt were was heartbreaking, you know, and all sorts of things. So now we're in a in a, in a position where um, we don't have to hate our culture. And at one point, you would have, and I would have done that. I wouldn't have, Wore this T-shirt around town today. I did. I went. Here's one for you. Uh, my brother and his family and a couple of other people from St. Paul's mates. My brother's mates from, from uh, they're involved with St. Paul's GA there in Lurgan, and we all went camping in Gosford Forest Park in in uh, just there. outside Armagh, outside a little village called Market Hill. It's a very very loyalisty loyal place. And all the children were all running around wearing GAA tops. I was talking to my brother, I said, isn't that fantastic? The kids run running around and there was other kids wearing Ulster rugby tops and football tops and, you know, right? Well, not every child was wearing GAA top. There was all different children wearing all different types of tops. Among them were GAA tops. When I was a kid growing up, you walked up our town, not even as a kid, as a young man, you walked up our town wearing a GAA top. You were taking your fucking life in your hands. And that's a fact. It's not like that anymore. And the reason that it was like that was because it was seen as an actual, we were, it was our culture. This is our culture. This is our our GA world and our Irish language world and our art and our poetry and our our dancing and our music and all these things. These are all our culture. And we don't, and we're in a position now where we don't have to hide it. And we're not going to fucking hide it. And we want an Irish language act because we demand it. Because it's ours, and we're entitled to it. And if you don't like it, we don't care anymore. This is this thing that's... I've noticed this this past while as well. And maybe other people have been aware of this more than me. But this is certainly new to me. I've I've seen it in the past, but I haven't seen it quite to the same extent as I'm seeing it at the minute. This pearl-clutching that's going on whenever anybody mentions a united Ireland. Unionism seems to fucking lose the run of itself. Like we're ta- like I don't know what it is that they think that the Taoiseach of Ireland should fucking say or the or the head of a political party, or the he- or, or some other uh, cultural or political representative, be they elected in other ways. That unionism seems to fucking. It's like, oh my god! You you should withdraw these remarks. Fuck off! I started seeing this this past few weeks. Again, it was one of the things I was going to talk about, and then this thing came happened today with the Northern Protocol in the court, and it's very important. So it took precedent. The, the, this the, the, this pearl clutching within unionism and what, what unionism and what it portrays for me is ultimately the. A sense of entitlement that unionism has. It has this entitlement that you can't even talk about a united Ireland. You're not even allowed to talk about it. But British politicians and also unionist politicians can openly, that's so what they should, and no one would stop them, talk about wanting to keep Northern Ireland within the United Kingdom. So what else is all this... Nonsense over the Northern Ireland protocol about if not that, well it is. isn't it? Not, not, if, if not that, it's exactly that. It's about staying within the United Kingdom, and no one's saying you, 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 you. The the problem that we have with it is the is the um is the nonsensical part of it. It's not the fact that Jimmy Bryson wants to remain a part of the United Kingdom or Jim Allister wants to remain. A, the abs, fair play, Eddie. I, that's your decision and that's, you can advocate for that. I'm going to advocate for the other and I'm entitled to do it. And don't act surprised or offended when I say maybe we should start talking about a United Ireland or someone, not me personally, someone like Leo Veradgar who said it during the week. It's not fucking nonsense but it betrays the spoiled nature of unionism, the entitlement of unionism that it feels comfortable saying something so ridiculous and that is ridiculous that is to me that's ridiculous Leo Varadkar says that he's just you can see United Ireland happening in his lifetime and unionism loses its fucking shit that doesn't make any sense doesn't doesn't make any sense to me obviously it must do to unionism we move on. So. One wee quick article to read for you. Oh. Oh no, we're going to hit this first. Yeah, so Jamie Brett, again, I don't like to talk about this guy. Because he's, I'm, I'm, I'm. you know what, I, we're just going to blast through this. It's not, a, it's his thing on... Uh, he tweeted out about the proto- his thing about the protocol uh, ruling in the High Court today. The most positive thing to come from today's ruling is that it will surely end unionism's support for the Belfast Agreement. Firstly, unionism can collectively say it was only ever a deceptive. Snur. Pull it down before it's too late. So there he is. There's Jamie Bryson advocating to, to pull down the Good Friday Agreement. The the series of events and, and, and international agreements that brought peace to Northern Ireland. The DUP leader, Parity Account, not the real DUP leader, said, The Good Friday Agreement was given support via a referendum and passed by 27.12%. You were against a second referendum on Brexit. Are you proposing a, sec- a, refer- a second referendum on the Belfast Agreement? I tweeted. I replied to DUP leader, and I said, "No, he just wants his demand met, despite being self-appointed, having no mandate, and losing another, and losing another court case. Boy, he's never heard of court, that boy." This is what we're talking about. So they're talking about getting rid of the, the Good Friday Agreement. The Good Friday Agreement is the document that brought us peace. As I said, for me, it represents my daughter's working in the film and TV industry up in Belfast. She's working on a fucking Netflix film right now. Oh, she's just finished, actually. That wasn't possible. In my li- Without the good Friday agreement, that's not possible. I was supposed to go and do away with that, because Ben Bryson, the fucking Bryson of the Bailey, <clears throat> the most litigious man in Donahue D, who single-handedly bankrupted Donahue Day FC, Want? nonsense? Nonsense. So we move on. only, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about him anymore because I don't like giving gummies like that. I don't even like. I, I don't even like drawing attention to them. So, Brian Feeney. Another article in. This is regarding the protocol again. So we're all talking about the protocol. This is it. I'm done with the protocol. This is me moving on, moving on to something else. It's, it's related to Brexit, but well, it's not the protocol. Right. So Brian Feeney in the Irish... Oh, it's the Irish News, isn't it? Let me just check. No, it doesn't say. He writes the Irish News. So, no wonder the EU has lost patience with Britain. On the 17th of December last year, the British government made the following formal declaration. First, they committed to fully implement the protocol. Secondly, they agreed that regulatory requirements under EU law will apply in the North, including restrictions and prohibitions with regard to certain products. The British then acknowledged and specified these products. Mincemeat of poultry. Of ra- ratites, ratites, ratites. There's there's a word I've never seen before. In my piff of ratites in brackets, exotic wild birds. They're ratites, R-A-T-I-T-E-S, ratites. Never seen that in my piff. Obviously means exotic wild birds. Brian Feeney's a very learned man, and if he says it, I'll take it as read. Uh, exotic ratites of wild game birds, frozen or chilled chilled mincemeats from animals other than poultry, chilled meat preparations. This is a, this article is obviously to do with the so-called sausage wars, right? Until July the 1st, the British agreed they were to be accompanied by official certificates issued by UK authorities, sold here exclusively to cost, consumers in supermarkets, and bear a label stating, these products from the United Kingdom may not be sold outside Northern Ireland. So a sticker. That's what we're saying here, right? The EU issued a declaration acknowledging the UK's commitment. This contemptible British government, as they have done on so much else, ratted on the declaration and its commitments. At a press conference in London some weeks ago, Mario Sefkovich, who negotiated the declarations, said derisorily, the British did none of it. They didn't even stick a label on the packets. That's what we're talking about here. So in order to get these products into Northern Ireland, let's put a sticker on them. May not be sold outside Northern Ireland. And that's it. And the EU went, yeah, okay, I won't accept that. British couldn't even do that. On Sunday, to add insult to injury, our bloviating pro-consul spouted drivel on the Andrew Marr Show, claiming the protocol isn't working as it was intended and that the British didn't think the EU would adopt a purist approach, he added an even bigger whopper, that what's happening goes against the protocol. That's just downright wrong, our pro-consul, and our pro-consul knows it. You can't say he should be ashamed of what he said in that interview, because taking their cue from the Prime Minister, no one in this unethical government is ashamed of anything. God damn right they're not. The protocol isn't working as it was intended because the up ministers encouraged and egged on by the british government refused to work it they have engaged in willful obstruction since january 2020 they wouldn't tell traders what would be required on january the first 21. they put no procedures in place causing chaos that month they stopped building custom sheds they stopped recruitment of vets and inspectors they obstruct inspection by EU officials. They have not handed over the promised databases on customs and VAT, and they're not even carrying out the inspections at the ports required. They wouldn't even put stickers on a pack of sausages. Stormont has returned 5 million. I was going to mention that, but I'm glad Brian Feeney got ahead got of me, by the way. Uh, Stormont has returned 5 million allocated to develop in inspection structures. And by the way, Stormont has returned. Who was the minister in charge of that spend? Edwin Poots. And then they claim it's not working. You can see where the EU has lost patience. Our pro consuls disassembling interview on Sunday consisted of him blathering balderdash as long as he could. Talking the clock down so Mar wouldn't have time to ask him another question. W- wouldn't have time to ask another question for him to avoid. A disgraceful pr- performance was what we've come to expect. To sum it up, he works as hard as he can to prevent the protocol working and then claims it's not working because of the EU. He takes people for fools. Does he think people can't read the declaration at the top of this piece? Here's what the pro- protocol is about. It's an unprecedented... This is the summation of the thing, right? This is what we need to know. Here's... The, it's an unprecedented concession the EU outsourced the policing of its single-market customs and union border to the UK, foolishly believing, despite compelling evidence to the contrary, that this single, singularly untrustworthy British government would do it properly. They haven't, and they show no intentions of doing so. On Thursday, the can will be kicked down the road until October. That's tomorrow. By that time the EU will be able to see whether the British have done anything to fulfil their commitments. Do not hold your breath. The truth is what the British have. The truth is that the British have no idea what to do. To operate the protocol as they agreed, they will have to be honest and admit that they've been lying to the public about it since 2019. I don't think they'll have any problem doing that. I think and they'll get away with it. Uh, first by denying that they agreed the EU border in the Irish Sea is in the Irish Sea, and this is not going to end in October, and it's not going to end well. So, that's the thing. The EU agreed that the British could place the border, because the borders in the Irish Sea, goods coming from the UK into the, into the north of Ireland, are being checked at the borders. It's not the EU doing that, it's the British, and they didn't even fucking do that. So, the, the, that's what you're dealing with, right? tragic stuff all around it really is but what we're going to do and again we must never lose sight of the fact that the Northern Ireland Protocol is an opportunity for us that is being fucking squandered it is being squandered and I hope you if you're a unionist voter I hope you uh, point the finger and put the blame on the people that deserve it. It's the people that have made the most of this opportunity. This is an opportunity for us. Every economist in the world, politicians all over the fucking place, say, we have a unique opportunity. We're the, own, we're the small, tiny territory that has one foot in Britain and one foot in the EU. We're uniquely gifted. And this opportunity is going to be squandered. And as we keep saying, Unionists are going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory in order to achieve what? They're painting them, as the man said, they're painting themselves into that corner. And they're going to end up in a united Ireland. They're going to be crying their fucking eyes out the whole way. And it's their fault. And it's your fault if you vote for them and let them away with it. You need to be putting pressure on your people. If you want to stay in the UK, you need to make the protocol work. It's here. It's not going away. And that's that. So. Okay. Culture. What's our culture slot? So. Bruce Dickinson. Of Iron Maiden. Lead singer of Iron Maiden. Very talented man by the way. A clever man so I'm surprised but he's he voted for Brexit whatever for someone in the creative industries to vote for Brexit doesn't make any fucking sense I knew it didn't make sense and I'm an idiot so for a clever person like Bruce Dickinson who can fly a jumbo jet and is an author of books and a very talented business person not know. What I know, what I knew, you say you didn't know. I did fucking know because I said it, and I wasn't the only one. People a lot dumber than me were saying it too. That it was a fucking bad idea. So, he went on to Sky News, and he was interviewed by Keir Burley. Watch this. It's only short, 40 seconds. Don't get me started on on uh, the, the government's attitude to the entertainment industry. I mean, we are probably one of the UK's major exports. <laughs> I mean, come on. And yet we're sitting here, we can't do anything. Uh, we can't even artists. I mean, I mean, all right, I mean I'm very it's very well known that I voted for Brexit, but you know, the idea is that after you've done it, you then go in and be sensible about the relationships you have with people. So, at the moment, all this guff about not being able to play in Europe and the Europeans not being able to play over here and work permits and all the rest of the rubbish—come on, you know, get your act together. Come on, you know, that's it. You know, we need to just—it's it, like what we need. It's like when you hear some dude being interviewed on on on, on a news report. And he says, you know what we need to do is get people around the table and knock their heads together. That's what he just said. That's what the fuck that, that you don't need to interview Bruce Dickinson to fucking go down to your local weather springs. You can get you, you can get a more insightful uh, reportage than that. But so I'm not gonna slag off Iron Maiden. Not my cup of tea. quick article I'm not going to read it all out it's just basically that the government has been accused of jeopardizing the future of turn for the UK for UK artists after the brexit deal secured with EU failed to negotiate visa-free travel the EU offered visa-free travel I'm going to get to that in a second it is feared that musicians and crew will face huge costs to future live music tours they will. Uh, of the continent, which could create a glass ceiling that prevents raising and development talent from being able from being able to afford to do so, and it will. Dickinson, who previously said he was quite relaxed about the UK's departure from the bloc, has now called the government to immediately remedy the situation. 62 year old singer said, "Don't get me started on the government's attitude to the entertainment industry. The government's attitude to the entertainment industry, not just here, all over uh, in the south and in the north, here and in the UK, although." Us in Ireland, North and South, don't have to worry about this, because we have Irish passports, so we can travel to the EU. We're we're different. Our English, Scottish and Welsh brothers and sisters, many, many of whom I call have dear, dear friends, mutual friends, and they are fucked. They are very, very worried. They they can't do what what we're going to do. When everything opens up again, if it does, we're going to, Sally off and go on tour, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, Scandinavia, etc, etc. They're not. And all those lovely festivals in Europe, if if you're a musician, you know what I'm talking about. You go to Europe and you get to play these fantastic festivals. And you get treated like a fucking king. And you get well paid. And you get looked after. And you get supported. And it's a treat. And the festivals over here are getting better. They're getting up to European standards, but there's no doubt about it. The European standards for treating the artists at festivals is something else. And there's thousands of things all summer. We're going to be able to do that. My friends Mudlow aren't. My friends Henry F- Henry's Funeral Shoe aren't. My friends in Scotland, uh, the Rag and Bone Man aren't. And many others. Forgive me if I've haven't mentioned you iron maiden music he he, he continues uh, dickinson's comments mark a significant contrast to his past views having claimed that nonsense and scare stories were being circled so people like me nonsense and scare you can't vote for brexit it's a nightmare he's going to fuck us all up it's a uh, by the way Bruce Dickinson and the big artists—it's going to cost them. But they're going to—that's going to cost them, right? Ultimately, we know that who's going to carry the burden of that. That'll go through the ticket prices, right? So it's the fans that are going to pay to see the bigger artists. And don't get me wrong—the bigger artists make up, you know, they're a significant part of the UK's music industry, obviously but they're not the majority. People like me, there are thousands of bands like us. There's only one Iron Maiden, right? And we're the guys that still do the road in vans. There are thousands of us, thousands of us, thousands of bands, not thousands of individuals, thousands of bands doing what we do. And what do they feed? They feed clubs, pubs, small festivals, medium festivals, and occasionally a big festival, which is nice. Pays the wages of barmen, of waitresses and waiters, bar women, bar managers, who sell beer that has to be made in the brewery. These things are all connected. So there's all the externalities. There's the direct money, you get the money and it goes and and you use that, you go home with it and you buy your groceries and you pay your bill, you pay your mortgage or your rent or your bills. There's all the externalities that's all supported that can never be accurately uh, assessed, but it is a significant amount of money. That's gone. So, and whenever people like me were warning about it years ago, more than five years ago, now we were called Ramones. You don't believe in Britain? No, I fucking don't. As it happens, but that's not you know. Uh, Iron Maiden is a global is global music. We have fans everywhere. I don't see any problem with tour in Australia. That's not a part of the EU. There's no problem with tour in Japan. Not a part of the EU. I don't see any problem with tour in America. It's not a part of the EU. Do those musicians have problems coming to Europe? No, no, they don't. It's easier to come from America to Europe than it is to go from Europe to America, by the way. We have to pay significant fees to get into America to gig. Not the same coming the other way. The musician added that he thought Brexit would make the country more flexible, which would be advantageous to people in Europe. I don't know, what what, what is that based on? Why would you think that? Uh, Responding to Dickinson's comments, one user wrote, so when he supported leave, he was only expecting to impact other people's lives, not his own. This seems to be a common theme, doesn't it just? Former Lost Alone frontman Steve Battle added, Bruce is a hero to me, but he voted for this when the industry he is a part of had been screaming out since 2016 exactly that this would be a disaster. I'm glad he's understood now, but it'd be more beneficial if he explained that he got it wrong. Last week, over 200 artists, including Wolf Alice, Idols, Poppy Ajuha, I don't know who that is, Radiohead, and many other music industry bodies, also came forward to, for the new Let the Music Move campaign, calling upon the UK government to urgently take action on pro- post Brexit touring issues. Yeah. So, just on that, I'm going to blast on here, I've got long. The EU offered. uh uh uh, easy visas for artists to travel throughout the european union and the uk rejected us outright and here's the article from music week brexit minister lord frost visa free touring have i got this i don't have the little snippet for you to but I'm not making this up off the top of my head, as you know, because it will it'll be grammatically correct. Um, it was a third time, luckily, for the DCMS committee and the Brexit minister, Lord Frost, having initially refused an invitation in February to, to appear before MPs to discuss the government's failure to reach agreement with the EU on visa-free arrangements for creative workers, including touring musicians. He then withdrew from his scheduled appearance last month. That last minute... I'm going to sneeze cancellation, pardon me, prompted a rebuke at the time from the committee chair, Julian Knight, and disappointment from the music industry. During the hearing today, Knight was quick to call for order as Lord Frost suggested he was not responsible and even attempted to get the DCMS minister, Caroline Dainidge, to answer questions on the progress. Wait, 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 okay, sorry, this is bullshit. I want to get to the... Let me just get this. uh, uh, Labour MP Kevin Branagh suggested Lord Frost's self-imposed one-hour time limit for the committee was appalling, so he doesn't want to answer questions. He refused to appear. This is the third time requesting them to get him. Scottish National Party MP John Nicholson said musicians watching would not be impressed by your performance. little pun. Cabinet Minister Lord Frost negotiated the UK's EU trade deal at the end of 2020, which soon emerged, did not provide any provision for visa-free touring, that prompted a huge row and a blame game with the EU, which he returned to during the hearing. We did put forward proposals which would have solved the problem we are now fa- we now face. Sadly, the EU wouldn't accept that. It's just the reality of the way these negotiations went. However, Lord Frost's, Lord Frost and the ministers who have previously given evidence admitted there were concerns about a visa waiver proposal by the EU for ad hoc performances. So the EU had offered, put forward a proposal for a visa waiver system for the creative industries, for ad hoc performances. So you can just go, like you have a gig at the weekend, off you go, right? In response to a question from Brandon Lord for us said, free movement was an issue in the referendum. And this is the point. And it was very clear the free movement ends with our exit from the EU. This government fought an election and won an election. We did not agree with permanent visa waivers because they deprive us of control over our immigration system. That's why we put forward. So all you guitar players out there and all you drummers and all you songwriters and all you painters and actors and poets... And singers, filmmakers, photographers. Fuck you. Because the Tories want control over an unbroken immigration system. A government should have control over its immigration system. There was nothing wrong with the one they had. This is all fucking horseshit. So now you're fucked. You're now fucked. You're now going to have to fill in a Kernet If you're a touring musician. What What is a Kernet if you don't know? It's a form. It's a customs declaration form. We had to do one whenever we went. To, so we played in Serbia. Serbia's outside the EU. We were leaving the EU into Serbia. And then back into the EU. Again. And they check everything that's in the van. Everyone's tallied up. Everything is accounted for and priced it's so that you don't bring stuff in sell it and then leave right so the whole point is the say that there's a guitar shop in zagreb which is in serbia and they sell les paul guitar gibson les paul guitars well they they have to import those and there's certain import duties and whatever blah, 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 blah. you can't then bring one in in the back of your van, sell it for cheaper because you're undermining undermining the domestic um economy. And that's what that's for. I know you want to do that for everything in the back of the van. We had to count the current CDs in our merch. I'll tell you about that one time, we actually ended up having to bribe a couple of border guards. It was very, very thrilling. Very not thrilling when I say thrilling, I mean fucking terrifying. But um, yeah. So that so there's where we are. And, you know, Bruce Dickinson, a very talented individual, again, not my cup of tea, I have seen Iron Maiden though, very good, but uh, fuck you for being a big fucking gobshite. And that's the end of that, and we're done. That's the end of that. We're going to do the culture bit, that was the culture bit, we're into the culture bit there, sort of culture, politics moved into culture, bit of a crossover. One more thing to show you. So, today we got a delivery of... Play My Little Theme. Today we got a delivery of records. From our Norwegian friends. Who reissued the Bonneville's last album. No. The Bonneville's second album. Uh, Folk Art and the Death of Electric Jesus. So, we have these amazing amazing friends in Norway Robert and Carrie and um, and others as well various bands and just just amazing people And the music scene is fantastic the, the musicianship and the talent is it's world class it really is so they reissued our second album so Robert contacted us a while back he says I've never run out of these and we've got a request for a um, for, uh, distributor in Germany, etc. etc. Do you mind if we, we'll repress some more? Yeah, absolutely. So then it's only a small label and our payment is copies of the record. So that's the way we work things out. Small bands work things out like this. This is how these things go down, right? So a small record label comes in and says, we want to release your album. You say, well, what's in it for us? Well, we'll print a thousand copies and we'll give you 200 and you can go and sell them. You sell you sell your two hundred copies for twenty pound each, make yourself four thousand pound, not bad. How do you do that? You tour. By the way, that's how you do that. You get you jump into a van and you gig and sell them on your website. But if you want to sell them quick, you get in you get on the road. You bring them with you. Of course, our English, Scottish, and Welsh brothers and sisters can't do that anymore. So. We got a supply, so that, that reissue. it's actually a re -re reissue. We got um, folk art and death of like Jesus, I think, I don't even open the boxes, I assume that's what it is. Um, Four boxes of those arrived today. But just before they arrived with the DPD guy, the Royal Mail guy came with a box, which was square. Just over 12 inches by 12 inches, so thick. Could you guess what was in the box? That's right. Lots of vinyl. And Janie says to me, Oh, you've been buying yourself presents. And I haven't. I've been very good recently. Uh, So I was intrigued. But I did notice it was from Norway. So I assumed that it was from Robert and Carrie. And I was correct. So I got this lovely note. And the reason that I got the note was because I've abandoned my Facebook page as you know, so it's just a lovely thing. Hi, Andrew, hope everything's well. Da-da-da-da-da. Signed, Love, Robert and Carrie, just let me know how they're getting on, asking how I'm getting on and have some free records. And here they are. So it's from their record labels, they have various little record labels. So I haven't listened to them yet, I haven't had a chance. So I'm gonna go and do that now. I think I might open a bottle of red wine put these on so this I'll just show you what they are this first one is by a band called Dunbar Row yeah there you go can you see that on the screen by the way if you're not watching this on if you're on the YouTube uh, Twitters or, or you're there the Twitter's what do you call it the um podcast things the things the pod things that do the podcasts what do you call them the apps on the phones you know the computers whatever if you're on that I'm holding these up to the screen is what I mean to fucking say so get over to the YouTube. And have a little look, and you can see the lovely art on the sleeves, which you need to do. So this is a band called Barrow. Don't know who they are. Never heard of them. They're on Blues for the Red Sun, that little logo. If you're a fan of the Bonnevilles, you'll be aware of that. That's the label that reissues our stuff in Norway and Europe. Or yeah, Germany, I should say. And this one is lovely slab of white lovely white slab there for you Look at that Ooh. Yes, 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 yes I love the smell of virgin vinyl in the morning Lovely jubbly So And it's a lovely gatefold slave with, with mighty impressive artwork I don't know if that's Original artwork or if it's taken from some old It looks sort of like it's taken from an old manuscript or something doesn't it but then let me just see if it says uh no no the artist doesn't get a credit so i'm gonna assume that that's yeah no the artist no the artist doesn't get a credit so i'm gonna assume that that's some old Old manuscripty type artwork, and it's fantastic, isn't it? Look great. So Dunbar Row. I'm looking forward to that. Blue to the Red Sun, sort of a heavier label, hence where the, the Bonnevilles is on it. Sort of stonery, garagey rock stuff. So I'm gonna say that that's I'm gonna guess that that's what that is. This is another one called Midnight Sun. And you can see there on the screen a very dapper gentleman in a very groovy living room situation, Midnight Sun, and this is on Bukta Records and Backbeat Records, which is another of their labels. Bukta is the festival that they have in the north. We played it years ago. Amazing. Uh, It's fantastic. And uh, that's how we met these people. I'll tell you the story with that. And it's on just normal blackmail. Carrie, Robert's partner, ...getting drunk one night with her, her buddy And they decided to go on the internet and try and find a band that they'd never heard of ...that they, but they both liked And then, they would pester Robert, who was the booker for Book The Festival Book The Festival's huge Um to book us, to bring us up there uh, ...or to, to book the band that they, they found by accident And who was the band they found by accident? Well, wouldn't you know It was the fucking Bonnevilles Bay And Uh, And that's how we became friends. We went up, we played, we played the festival twice now. It's wonderful. Robert doesn't do that anymore. But. So here's the third record. He sent me four records for nothing. I'm going to have a great time. So this one, this is got to be one of the greatest album titles, right? Let's rock the fuck out volume one. And then there's a sub title. It's like addiction. The deeper you get, the louder you play. Oh yeah. So these guys look like garage punks to me. And I've never seen this sleeve before. So there's a sleeve, can you see it? And it opens up like this. Cosmic Boogie Tribe. On the inside. Oh, there it is. is. Second like addiction. The deeper you get, the louder you play. Let's rock the fuck out. So these guys, uh, cosmic, boog- cosmic Boogie Tribe, KBT. So, check them out. And they've a lovely vinyl here. And it's, it's not, it, no, it's, you may be able to see that on the screen. You can sort of a purple, lovely purple. Purpley. It's purpley, so it is. So, there's that. And then I love records, especially free records. And I remember, I'm a big kind of thing. I'm I'm not I'm not mad keen on giving stuff away because of this sort of thing. When you give people things for free, they don't really appreciate them. And it used to be the case with CDs. Vinyls are different. People will listen to your record. And I remember the first time I was in uh, Robert's record shop in Tromso, North North. We were in the North Pole. In the North Pole, by the way. And he gave me. We 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 played the festival. And he gave me a couple of records. He said, would you come and... Let me get this right. Would you come and play my record shop? Said, of course we will. And so we went to a little, tiny record shop, but a fantastically well-appointed one. And we played the gig. It was lovely. It was, well, it was packed. There wasn't 10 or 15 people would pack it out. But they gave us some records. They gave me uh sunshine reverberation record which is the one of my favorite bands now Mm -hmm. um i might be i was asked to play on one on their new album but then they delayed it with covid because they can't gig and shit. so i'm still hoping that goes ahead um and they gave me a devil um was it it, uh, the devil and the almighty blues was the name of the other band so he gave me these two records and I was like, oh, these are going to suck balls. And I went home and I listened to them and I still listen to them. I listened to both of those records, about, I'd say within the past two, three weeks. I love them. Two of my favorite records of, uh, uh, and Sunshine Reverberation, as I said, have become one of my favorite bands. They've released a second record since then. I've got it. It's equally as good. So when Robert gives me records, I'm going to fucking listen to them. And then this is the last one. This is, is this not the best record label type name you've ever seen in your life? Fucking North Pole Records. Now, they're called fucking North Pole. I'm not, at the fucking bit is not me. That's them. They're called that. You can see it on the screen there. Head over to the YouTubes. Like, share, subscribe. Do the fucking thing. There we go. Right? There. How do I do this? There we go. Like, share, subscribe over on the YouTube. So it's sort of, uh, it's a compilation and fucking North Pole are sort of heavier, punkier, get rockier stuff, I believe. So, but that suits me well. So I'm going to look forward to all of those. So you must check those out if you can. Uh, Fucking North Pole Records, Uh, KBT, Cosmic Boogie. What what is it? Oh fuck, I forgot their name. Shit. Tribe. KBT Cosmic Boogie Tribe Let's Rock the Fuck Out Volume 1 Midnight Sun S-U-N I'm going to suggest this is a bit bluesy Bluesy Rock I could be wrong Dunbar Row I'm going to suggest that's heavy and fucking North Pole's Greatest Hits that's going to be heavy too I'll keep that note because that's lovely keep that in one of those for the rest of time so there we go, we're done. So I've had an interesting week, good week, got to do some cool shit and got some good records. So I didn't do my live stream on the on the uh, Just I just couldn't get around to, to practicing and getting enough done. But Chris and I are rehearsing tomorrow night for the first time in quite a while. And um, we have some gigs coming up crossed let me say this there's some gigs in the book whether they happen or not is quite another story so there we go I think I'm all done um, thanks for indulging me just to let you know uh, I'm now going to start bringing in guests I know I've said this in the past but I was never able to get the livestream shit sorted out it seems to have settled Seems I've sorted it well. I'm not gonna say it sorted itself out it, because it fucking didn't. The amount of stuff I had to do, the, the, but the, the, this is now the second week where it's not shitting itself every few seconds, so it's just straight through. I checked the live stream out from last week, I had to sit and look at myself, never easy, and it was good. Um, so um, am the live stream here is good, and I didn't, you know what I mean, I don't want to bring a guest in. I've got a couple of nice people that are good, intelligent, great guests and I don't want to bring them in and then I want to ask them to share the podcast and it's going to look shit and I can't do it, I couldn't do it to them I did not do it to myself and I couldn't do it to them or you so it's all fixed now thank God so I shall bring them in this week from next week on I think I'm going to start bringing in guests so there we go so hope you enjoyed that. Uh, uh, thanks everybody. Slan, slan, Oileáin. Take care of each other, and sure we'll catch you on the flip side. Trudel Pipp. i heard I shut this fucker now. There we we'll go. Boom. Bye.